The time is now. What is the secret to success? Movement. People look at you strange saying you change, like you work that hard to stay the same. Like you're doing all this for a reason. Hard work. Yeah. Works. Welcome to the latest Trainers Talk. My name is Donovan Allman, and I'm happy for you to be joining me today. Um, we're going to be continuing uh, part two of our four-part series that I had with Rob Morrow, which was a Health and Wellness 360, where we talk about tools and strategies you can use to kind of wrap your mind um, in a very strategic way of how to, you know, move and tough times like a pandemic are times where you have a lot of change in your life. So we got part two coming up, which is going to be the reality check. Part one, you can go back and check that out if you haven't uh, heard that one. That is uh, on awareness. And we have two more parts coming out over the next couple of weeks. Um, But before we get into that, um, I'm recording this intro on the 6th of January, uh, 2021 and it seems like uh within less six days or less we've uh risen right back to craziness of uh 2020 um and i'm speaking in particularly about the storming and the rioting um at the capitol building um as some of you might know i i I was born in Atlanta, but I grew up and from when I was 12, 11, when I was 11 till through 20, about 20, I, I lived in Virginia, Northern Virginia, right outside the DC area. Uh, my dad worked in DC. And so, you know, within the relations of that, you know, you, you, you grow up in that area, you know, a lot of people work for the government who have connections to, to the government. Um, and who are friends of mine that still do work for the government themselves. And seeing, after seeing the the George Floyd incident that became worldwide, and seeing um, just the things over history, and speaking from an uh, African-American, um, you know, it's, it is tough having conversations with people who don't who don't believe that the treatment that people of color um, get when it comes to law enforcement. Um, I believe the Capitol Police, they were doing their best to control the situation. And, you know, I feel for them and their safety in those moments, as I do with cops most cops in general, because I, I do understand that it's a tough job and and you are putting your life on the line. And I appreciate those who serve with that honor um, and do it in a very honorable way. But it is the response, um, you know, was definitely much milder than I believe um, 
that was addressed through with black people in history and, and black people recently and, and people who were um, not black, but necessarily fighting for Black Lives Matter types of the concept might not even be the particular group, at least the concept of people who were, who were supporting the concept of equal rights um, in those type of protests um, were not were not given, uh, they were given much harsher policing and riot controlling um, comparatively in a situation where it was much more peaceful, where they were staying in one location, they weren't storming a national federal building where they had some of our highest political figures and people who work for those, uh, for that building, um, stormed at. So it's just a perspective. It's just, it's, 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 um, I usually keep a lot of that stuff to the, to the vest, but I do think sometimes certain things smack you in the face when I, on one end, forget your political affiliation being, I did also say that I'm from Atlanta. I was born in Atlanta. And I recognize that I believe my confidence to be CEO, to be somebody who's a leader, somebody who um, um, has a level of confidence that I know I got from my mom and got from um, the family around me, my dad. And But I do think there's an ingrainedness of what Georgia showed African-Americans in terms of showing the power of their vote. Um, also this week and I look at it from that end not even just from who, who they voted or if they voted Democrat versus Republican it's just it's showing the historic uh, effectiveness that people from Georgia and Atlanta area have shown in our history of providing progress I mean, the most obvious is Martin Luther King, but there are so many people that um, really have put Atlanta in a forefront to be able to provide a true, strong black community um, in Atlanta. And I, I do feel the power of that when I move every day and I, I respect and appreciate and very grateful for what those people have done for me um, and what they continue to do. And so I'm just proud of what they've been able to accomplish, uh, Stacey Abrams and, and them, and just putting their minds together, just getting something done. I mean, like just setting a goal and going for it. It's, um, I mean, I fucking love it. So within all that, uh, we're going to get into this reality check with Rob. Sit back, enjoy. And this is, like I said, part two of the four-part series. And the next two are coming up in another couple of weeks. Have a good day. Yeah. Well, welcome to segment two. Um, and in our first segment of our four-part segments, uh, we talked about awareness. We talked about different things that you go through um, during this pandemic or any big changes in your life. And this is a complete health and wellness 360 that we're looking into. So awareness was the first segment. So if you 
are coming into segment two. If you want to see the first one, go check that one out first before you come to this one, or you can you can start right here. But today we're going to be talking about reality check, and I'm lucky enough to have Rob Morrow here again with us to kind of go through that. So, Rob, when you say when we say reality check, what does that really kind of mean? Well, I think what it means is. Uh, as people have experienced all the emotions and dislocation that we talked about, uh, I think it, it helps to try to really understand the, the depth and nature and severity of what we're, what we're dealing with. In other words, uh, just sizing it, if you will. I mean, what is, you know, what is, what is the scope of, of what all of us are being asked to deal with? And I think, I think if we don't have a, a proper scope and respect for it, I think the chances are unlikely we're going to navigate it successfully. So I think this is really about just level setting. What, what's really going on here? Definitely. And, and so um, a couple of words come to mind, at least in my experience and those people that I'm talking to, that uh, this pandemic uh, at a minimum is very profound, it's very prolonged, it's very serious, and the the level of, of social dislocation that has gone on and is going on has been devastating. And I think that perspective, and that doesn't sound very nice, and I, I, I regret that it's this serious, but I think it is. And I, and I think that's where Donovan and I really came up with this, the name of the segment, which is Reality Check. Uh, because I, I think if we can appreciate the depth of this, and that we're in uncharted waters, that it, it enables you to say, okay, maybe this is why I'm struggling so badly. You know, it's, I'm not just crazy here. You yeah. know, this, this is really difficult stuff. And so as we think about, uh, you know, the fact that there have been 15 million cases in the United States, there have been 295,000 deaths and climbing, uh, the level of unemployment is, yeah. is skyrocketing, uh, the number of business failures is, I think, going to be devastating again. Uh, the economic impact is going to be cascading. Yeah. Uh, this gap between the haves and the have-nots is going to grow, uh, which is already wide. It's going to get wider. And so I think we're just in for a, a, a difficult period. And I think if we know that going in, uh, we have a better chance of, uh, of, of dealing with it in a really effective way uh, that makes us, that gives us a chance to feel better about ourselves and about our community. So, I think this is really time to buckle up. Yeah. And uh, you know what we're finding is this is not a dress rehearsal. This is, this is the real deal. Yeah. And uh, so, Donovan, I know you've uh, observed, uh, not in every one of our clients, but in many of our clients, there where this is starting to show up, what parts of their life are being affected. You know, so if you take out a pen and paper and you kind of write down some of the things that are um, where this is showing and where I've seen it shown within clients and within um, friends and um, employees and, is, and loved ones is what's affecting them, where does it show? It shows in their physical abilities or their physical um, makeup, their emotional makeup, professionally, financially, and also uh, socially. Um, and, and if you look at those, those segments, I'll repeat them again, physical, emotional, professional, financial, social. If you write those down 
and give them a little bit of space, we'll kind of talk about what are those things, and we'll give some examples uh, in each category, but what are some of the things that are happening to you in those categories or friends you know or somebody you really care about? What is happening in those segments um, that is been life-changing? Um, and, and sometimes it might seem subtle, you know, you might wanna you know, give yourself a, uh, you know, it's, it's only five pounds that I've gained or things like that. But, you know, if you, if you get into the weeds and you get into the, you know, from a physical standpoint as a trainer, how that additional five pounds can affect your sleep, can affect um, your confidence, how it can affect uh, just general, your hormonal levels. It's, it, it's no longer not a big deal. Um, especially when your routine has been broken as we've gone through an awareness. You mentioned physical. Yeah. You know, emotional is certainly one. Uh, I talk to people all the time. I experience it myself. Uh, you know, frustration, your, uh, your level of anxiety, uh, people are having to cancel plans. Yeah. You, you, you were hoping you could do, you could, hoping you could take this trip, you can't. You're hoping your family might come for a holiday, they can't. And I think the, the emotions of this is just at a minimum, this has been a roller coaster. And the other place I think where the emotions is uh, coming in is that there have been at least two or three times during the pandemic where you know people thought we were seeing light at the end of the tunnel. And you know, we're in all likelihood gonna spill well into next year. Yes. So this thing is gonna at a minimum have a one year life if not longer and so that's stressful yes. and that's 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 tough you know it was interesting i mean like as you were talking about some of the emotional pieces of you know um we're recording this around the holidays and typically every christmas since i've been in california for 13 years i've been able to go back east where you know my family's in atlanta my, my parents and my wife's families in the northern virginia dc area and this is gonna be the first year that we're actually gonna spend Christmas here in California. And, uh, and we booked our flight and we decided to cancel, you know, as, as we saw what was happening. And, but it, it does mess with your emotions of, you know, something that you look forward to all year. I'm talking to my, my mother who, you know, we do every other year and she's, she has grandkids and she, she loves seeing them. One of her favorite times is seeing them during the holidays. This is every other year that she gets to see them for, for Christmas and she's gonna miss out potentially on two years before she can get, um, you know, God willing, get that, that feeling back of, of having her grandkids uh, around her on Christmas morning. So yeah, You can almost see the debate. Is this my year? Does this year count? Yeah, or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that, Do I and, lose my turn? You know, and that's, that's, his, own, that's his own thing. That's, uh, that is also a piece. But so when you look at that, that's definitely the emotional side. And um, from the professional side, I mean, I think I deal with it probably from a, personal, but also working with employees or people who I've interviewed for different, luckily we've been able to still hire people. So we've been interviewing different candidates for different positions that we have and, and talking to them what their experience is. What, what are some of the things you've noticed from a professional standpoint that your, your clients have gone through? Well, there, there are lots of manifestations of it. Uh, some of the most obvious are contractions of hiring, yep. you know, people that expected to, you know, they were 
offered a job. The job was taken away because of cutback. But I think probably the, the most pervasive and systemic uh, change universally, worldwide, is this working remotely. Mm. So even, even if you've got your job, many, many people are working remotely. And I think that is back to this thing we've talked about often in these discussions. That's the socialization piece. You know, you may be able to sit at home in your apartment and do your work per yeah. se, yeah. but you don't see, see your comrades, you don't get to socialize, yeah. and you don't have those informal discussions over a salad or a sandwich at lunch that really might give you an idea about something you want to do in the afternoon. Yes. So, so the, the professional dislocation, particularly working remotely, I think that the jury's out. It's not all bad. Yeah. A lot, there's been a lot of efficiencies picked up, but yeah. I, I think the concept that people need to have some level of community within their professional life is being really tested yeah, it's, it's interesting that like it, it, this can be almost seen as a, a, a pro and con in several ways. I think, there, as you're saying, having lunch or having, um, you know, small break points with your, your, your co-workers, those are, I've seen with our team, is those are glue points. Those are points of, of allowing ways to learn a little bit about your, your coworker or something that they're into uh, hobbies and, and for you to connect on that sports to talk about the 49ers or talk about basketball or college football, whatever um, kind of, and, and you, it's hard to do that in the same way when you're working from home. But the other reverse side of it is potentially if you have kids or if you have, um, you do gain some time right, right. And, and opportunities to, to do certain things with your kids that, you you weren't able to do or you'd sometimes gain just time to maybe get that extra 30 minutes right. to to maybe do your workout uh, physically so it it all has and and those things to write down what what has shifted within that and, and i think one of the points that fall out of that those comments is that like all these things this is highly personal and i think one of the traps we fall into is What's the matter with me? You know, I'm working remotely. I'm working from home. Everybody seems to be prosperous. Everybody tells me how much they love to work from home. But you know, I miss. I'm. I. I, I don't like it. Yeah. You know, per, for me personally, it's 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 a problem. You know, the working from home for a nine months of the year is really a problem. So I think we would encourage everyone to personalize each of these yes. things because at the end of the day, it really is, how is it working for you? Definitely. And, and this is knowing yourself, listening to yourself, and you know, on a professional level, uh, you know, some, service, some services and in, in, in industries are being disrupted in unrecognizable ways. Yeah. And, and so I think that gets back to this you know, that question of who moved my cheese? Yeah. You know, the, the world's not the same. I mean, the airport doesn't feel the same. I love to go to restaurants, that's not the same. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to see the 49ers play and I, I can't play it, they've closed the stadium. You know, I mean, really, 
my, I don't recognize my world. I don't recognize that's what people are feeling. Yes. You know, I don't recognize, and, and by the way, when is this thing going to be over? Yes. And w what does normal look like? Yeah. And, and I think that, I think it's going to affect people in the same vein financially. Yes. There's a big range of impact financially. And then we've talked about it already, but I think it, 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 it warrants saying again, uh, maybe this is the most profound thing, is the, uh, the loss of village. Yes. You know, the loss so. of your social connectivity yeah. and tissue. Uh, the loss of the, uh, how your relationships manifest themselves. How do you maintain relationships, uh, you know, friends and family that you may have seen on a very regular basis. Uh, you know, we're going to hit a one-year anniversary of not having dinner with that yeah. couple you used to see once a month. And, and then how do you, what's that going to look like when everybody comes up for air? Yeah. And so I think there's another couple of legs to this, which which are going to be challenging. Excellent. Yeah, we're going to bring some some light to some some darkness that's been happening. So I think once you can see, you know, you can we can pull back the shades a little bit of what your future can be. Um, it's it's really exciting to kind of really get to the. Next uh, I think that's a good point. Uh, I think we we've been purposefully. Uh, direct yeah. and uh, trying to tell it as we see it. Uh, we're going to turn the corner in our next sessions and start talking about, well, given, given all this gloom and doom, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what can I really do? And, exactly. and, and that's important. I mean, we, we, see, we see pivoting in three and four to uh, hopefully by the time we get to the end of the four, you'll be feeling much better or feel like you've got tools to feel better. And that, that's really our goal.